on the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, a brand new year and a brand new uh, in-studio producer and a brand new Mark and Tom. And you know what, Mark? I was just talking to our producer and and why things didn't go like they normally go. Uh You know the disclaimer that always plays first. Yes, the station says that whatever we say, they don't have anything to do with it and they didn't know what we were going to say. Yes, that one. (laughs) Well, sometimes what occurs, because I've been, you know, 20 years at that radio station, Uh if a piece of audio reaches its expiration date, (gasps) meaning it's the, the new year, and whoever put it in may have said, okay, expires on the uh, on the 31st. And it will show up as if it's ready to go. Uh-huh. But when you push the button, it doesn't go. <laughs> so what you're, are you trying to tell me that I expired and someone forgot to tell me? That because... is pretty much, that's pretty much it. And if we have some bumper music that doesn't play, perhaps it's reached its expiration date. Which reminds me, you need to change some of those tunes. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. I need That's to my change. job, right? I need to change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, do you want to just tell folks real quickly what to expect today on the Travel Guys? Well, yeah, we're going to do the news um, here next, and then we have a Smarter Traveler segment at, at 320. We're going to talk about security things that people, you know, we're drilled with all this stuff all the time, but um, some things people, and I've observed myself as I've been on the road the last couple months, things that people um, are forgetting. Uh, we have a great interview with uh, a lady from Travel Nevada who's going to tell us about Nevada is really a state that has all kinds of different cool places to go to. So and uh, and, and then and along that lines, we're going to spend some time with you talking about you know what it's like to take a group of travelers on a Christmas trip mm-hmm. that uh, starts off as a three dayer and may ends up with like maybe being a six dayer. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, personal uh, experience. The trip that uh, seems to never end. So we'll we'll talk about that uh, as well. Exactly, exactly. So, what do you say we get uh, her started with the travel news? All right, at the top of every travel show, we we bring you up to date on the travel news, and with it here is Mark. Mark, what you got? Well, let's see here. We're in the next segment, by the way, um, because we call ourselves the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Um, we do have a little remembrance of uh, Betty White. And if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you'll find a couple of collections of uh, some of her funniest clips and stuff like that uh, there. We'll talk more about Betty later on. Uh, The CDC says avoid cruise travel despite, uh, regardless, despite, regardless of what your vaccination status might be. Um, You know, we should get Gwen Duncan on next week to talk to her about this, since the CDC now is really saying that you shouldn't be on cruise ships um, a lot of folks are – listen, I have to tell you that not everyone is canceling off of cruise ships. So a lot of people believe that they've, they've seen some cancellations, but a lot of people who are going to go cruising still want to go, which begs me to ask the question, 
if these people who are going on cruises are not so concerned about vaccinations and masks and stuff, are they perhaps people who are not vaccinated and who have no intention of wearing a mask, therefore perhaps increasing? We need to we we need our our cruise lady, Gwen Duncan, next week to talk about this, I think. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's see. What else here have we got in the travel news? Uh, Carlson Travel, big company. I mean, big travel company, has 37 related companies under their umbrella filed for bankruptcy. Ouch. Um, Says their North American business has fallen nearly 80% from its 2019 high. So that's that's a lot. Um, They're still struggling, of course, in the sky with – a combination of people calling in sick because they've been exposed to this new COVID strain, which is all over the place, which is probably if we can get through today and tomorrow in the on in the skies, then they'll be OK, because there, there will be a lot less people flying in January. And so they'll be able to trim schedules and stuff like that. It's just getting through the next couple of of days is what's going to be the key. Um, recent numbers from the CDC, and, and this kind of supports their whole, you know, don't cruise right now. Um, unvaxxed people are getting coronavirus at the rate of 451 cases per 100,000. Okay. It's 134 per 100,000 among the vaxxed and 48 among the vaxxed and boosted. So your chances of getting COVID roughly right now are 10 times greater if you are un if, if you are unvaxxed. So if you're vaxxed, it's three times greater than if you're vaxxed and boosted. So if you're going to cruise right now, really and truly, the way to do it would be with a vaccine and to be vaccinated and to have the booster shot. That would be the way to do it. Um, a thousand flights were canceled uh, on New Year's Eve. About 1,500 flights were canceled on uh, New Year's Day. So and today we've had about 600 cancellations. So that's not too bad. The only bad news for the folks who got canceled on the front end of that is that there weren't a lot of empty seats. So some people are not going to get home still for a couple of more days. The virus has postponed the Westminster Kennel Club's annual dog show, disappointing a couple dozen sports leisure travelers who were planning on going back to New York for the show. Um, It will be rescheduled for later in the year as it was Last year, a Spirit Airlines passenger has been indicted after allegedly drinking and assaulting flight attendants. You know, I just really think it does this seem like common sense to you. Maybe we could stop serving people liquor on airplanes for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I thought that I thought we had. Well, we had. But now we decided, I guess, that it was all clear and, and folks are getting. Ten- and the other thing is, should a flight attendant? I mean, I'm sure they have this now. Should a flight attendant not somebody gets on the airplane and you can tell they got to walk, you know, past you. they got to sort of breathe on you. I mean, somebody who's terribly inebriated, should they really be getting on the plane? Is that really safe for everybody? I mean, are you not it inviting not. people to these situations by letting people on the plane who – anyway, I'm just I'm just ranting and raving here. Um, we I, have I, a, I have to yes. I, ha- I have to jump in here. Uh, 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 a, a talk show friend of mine uh heard him on the radio the other day and he I, I don't know he must not know that it's not okay to take those little bottles of liquor mm. that you can buy at checkout at Total Wine and More and mm-hmm. wherever and and put them in your carry-on 
and consume them. Uh, you know, and they're not selling it on the plane. And he made the remark that, well, you could always just bring it on board in your, uh, and then ask for a glass of ice. And no, you're not, you are not allowed to bring your own liquor either in those little bottles or for that matter, if you bought one at the airport and you think you're going to sneak it in in your Coke cup or whatever, mm-hmm. don't do that. First of all, you know, try to stay sober. Uh, otherwise, bad things happen to people that uh, drink too much in any in situation. Well, and let's face it, if there's you're getting on an airplane, so there's a remote chance. I mean, f- flying is is very safe, but relatively speaking, to other compared to other methods of travel, but you're getting on an airplane, and if you're, you know, if you're not a hundred percent capable of of handling things what if there's an emergency on the airplane what if it's not even an emergency on the airplane but the person next to you is having a problem and if you'd have been in control of your facilities you'd have been able to help them and maybe in this case you're not able to or something like that i mean i just there's that just makes no sense to me i i i have no uh, nothing wrong with somebody who has a drink or two before they get on an airplane but somebody who says you know i'm going to make this i'm going to get drunk because this is the way i get through this um, I'm just going to suggest you you're 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 asking for trouble because there's a whole lot of things that can happen on airplanes, and if you're not ready to respond to them, good, bad, or otherwise, then you could find yourself in trouble. Not only just in an emergency, but getting into an altercation with a flight attendant or another passenger over something that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have had that one extra beverage. Anyways, there's a list. On TravelGuysRadio.com, if you'd like to get into national parks for free, we have some of those here in California. Or if you're traveling, save you a few bucks. There are a number of dates in 2022 when national parks are free, like Martin Luther King's birthday and the first day of National Park Week in April and uh, some other special national parks days. And Veterans Day is another one. There is a list of all of those dates at TravelGuysRadio.com. Katy Perry has opened her Las Vegas residency with sold-out shows at Resorts World. If you are interested in seeing Katy Perry, remember we're the travel and entertainment guys, she has some selected dates through March of 2022. Talk to somebody um, who has seen her show, and they said it is really, really cool. I would like to see that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, will you be able to travel, eat, attend events as fully vaccinated requirements increase? In other words, where are you right now as a traveler? This Travelers United asked this question, and the results don't surprise me because travelers tend to have tended throughout this to be more vaccinated and the like because if you want to travel, that's what you got to do. Um, yes, I'm fully vaccinated with a booster, 82%. Yes, but haven't gotten my booster yet, 11%. No, I don't plan to get vaccinated, 7%. So the, the general population, the, the number of people who don't plan to get vaccinated generally runs between 25 and 30%. Here in this Travelers United survey of travelers, it runs 7%. So I'm going to suggest to you that when you're traveling with fellow travelers, with rules that require a little bit of, you know, vaccination and masking and stuff like that, you're reasonably safe because the other people who are traveling around you they are playing by those same rules. So you're all kind of taking care of each other. And that, my friend, is your travel news for today. And we are the Travel Guys. Don't forget the list and much more at TravelGuysRadio.com. 
When we come back in our Smarter Traveler segment, uh, Mark salutes the great Betty White with just one man's opinion and uh, some common security steps travelers often forget to take. We'll share that with you right here on The Travel Guys. Thank you for being a friend. Travel, I would imagine you immediately recognize this little piece of music, huh? Theme from the Golden Girls. It's going to be missed, to say the least. And uh, with a word or two, just one man's opinion. Here's Mark Hoffman. I was never a big Betty White fan. Growing up, she was on television a lot, it seemed. She was friendly on the screen, although she played a ditzy gal a lot, it seemed. Although, as it turned out, nothing could have been further from the truth. Betty wasn't ditzy at all. Betty was everyone's grandmother, or at least what we would want a grandmother to be. She was fun and always laughing, always with the right pun at the right time. That was Betty, laughing and fun. From game shows to situation comedies on TV, she was a master at playing a role. Last night, I watched the encore performance of her hosting Saturday Night Live at 88. She was in every skit, and she was amazing. Classic Betty White. The first lady of television, as she was known, Betty never stood for fear or anger. She wasn't mad at anyone or anything. She mostly stood for the humane treatment of animals. In the end, she was a humble hero on a level no one could have possibly predicted. She became an enduring star because of that humility. She survived television's racist side by standing tall. Think about that. A woman standing up against racism in the 1950s. As television changed, she changed with it. Her legend grew with the years. It's sad she won't be here to celebrate 100 years on the planet later this month, but she did something very few people can do. She made a difference in her own small way, and it didn't turn out to be small at all. Rest in peace, Betty White. You are and will always remain an example of love and kindness and an American legend, and that is likely more than just one man's opinion. Thank you, Mark. Mark Hoffman there with just one man's opinion and a great... uh, a great little tribute to to Betty and some some kind words. Thanks, Mark. All right, we are the travel and entertainment guys, Mark and Tom. And at this particular juncture in the program, we uh, we dedicate this to making you a smarter traveler. Mark, you have twenty common security steps travelers often forget to take. Where do we begin? Well, and some of these are are pretty common sense, and I'm not going to mention every single one of them now in in six or seven minutes, but I will remind folks that a list of them can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. I find these security list things to be very informative because one of two things happen. You read it and you say, oh, I'm already doing all of those things. Or you read it and say, oh, I never thought of that. You know, and that's a really simple, easy thing. And there are a couple of those on this list. So anyway, without uh, any more delay, let's get started. Um, Don't carry your Social Security card with you, ever. Um, Make a copy of it, do whatever you write the number down, do whatever you do. But don't carry the actual card with you. And another thing, that, that seems very intuitive, but this is not so much. And especially older people who come from the land of, of check writing, um, used to pay all of their bills by check and all of that. Some people still do. Some folks, amazingly, still carry, I used to do this, a blank personal check in their wallet. Because they think, what, what, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah and, and why? 
Well, because why you, would you do that? If you get into a spot, then you can write a check, you know, and get some money <laughs> or something like that. Never mind the fact that you're carrying a debit card and other credit cards that you can draw on and other things like that. For right. some people, it just seemed they'd always done it. And, you know, um, when someone finds a wallet, when, when a thief finds a wallet or something, a blank personal check, some people are kind enough to sign their blank personal checks, which, of course, makes it all that much easier for someone to turn it into instant cash. So anyway, have you ever do you ever remember using that blank check that you carried with you? Yes, I do. Oh, I, I, I oh. used to carry it. And, and yes, but the, why would I? I mean, no, I that was a dumb thing even then. So that's a, still a dumb thing now. Um Let's see. A work ID. You know, some people have a like a badge for work and they take it off and they clip it inside like a briefcase or some kind of piece of something, carry on something that they carry with them all the time. So then they go out and they've got their work ID in their carry on luggage and their carry on bag gets stolen and suddenly there's an extra piece of something that's floating around. So don't take your work ID with you on a trip unless it's a work trip uh, once a year. Go through your wallet. Men, ladies, your purse, and get rid of anything that you don't need because you'll throw things in there, especially receipts and stuff with personal information on it, and pretty soon your your wallet or your purse becomes a literal treasure trove of information. So for those of us who are concerned about that, you're, you can help yourself just by going through your wallet or your purse and throwing out all those non-essential receipts and all that stuff that has you know, information on it, credit card numbers and stuff like that. So that's a really simple thing. Um, limit the number of credit cards you travel with. Now, I used to travel with, I mean, I'm a travel company. So in order to take advantage of frequent traveler and guest programs and stuff, we belong to all of them. But I don't need all of those when I'm traveling. I just need the one for the hotel I'm staying in and, you know, an all-purpose card perhaps and, you know, three, maybe four at the very most. So guess what happens when a thief finds your purse or your wallet with eight or 10 or 12 credit cards in it? Not least. Yeah, exactly. And if you lose it, a lot more trouble in canceling all those. And if, oh, you, yeah. were to, if you were to lose the ones you're traveling with, you've got all those ones back at home? that you didn't travel with to get you through until the new ones show up. So anyway, um, the only person that's going to be really impressed by the number of credit cards you have is the thief that ends up with them. So be careful. This is a simple one. Carry your passport separately from your regular wallet. Don't put your passport in wherever your ID is, your California driver's license or your photo ID, whatever it is that you have. Don't carry that in your passport in the same area so that if you lose one, you don't lose the other because you will need the other to get the, the one you've lost replaced. So that's that's good. Um, travel neck wallets and travel vests with hidden pockets and stuff like that are terrific. There are a number of them on the market these days. Remember when John Holloway used to come in and, and talk to us? He always had one of those things, and, and he, he loved those because – you can carry things, and if somebody does pick your pocket, or you know, heaven forbid, um, you get robbed or something like that, they're going to. Some of those things can be put in places where people won't look for them. So those are always good. Um, credit cards for purchases when you're traveling, and not cash. But you know, there are some situations, small gratuities and stuff like that, where you are going to need cash. So you can't just you know abandon it completely. Um, also, the the vaccination records, um, it's really important right now, wherever it is you're going, uh, whether you're just traveling domestically or you're going to Canada or Mexico, which, by the way, are foreign countries um, or any place like that, 
You need to know what it is that you need to take with you because if you get there and you don't have it, then you're, it's going to cause a serious problem. So that really is important uh, at this point in time, making sure that you have the proper uh, vaccination identification. And finally, uh, the last thing on, on my list here, Tom, it's, you know, if you, the, the, really the golden rule of traveling with something, you know, something that's of value to, to you, if you can't afford to lose it, don't take it. Well, that's <laughs> well. I I can't afford to lose anything. So. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 my advice when I when I go to the casino. If can't can't afford to lose it, don't take it. Yeah. Ex- well, yes, that's an old 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 gambling rule. Don't put it in your pocket or don't take the credit card with you or something. Um, a lot of folks also tend to can't travel with a copy of their passwords and online things like that make sure if you're doing that that if it's a physical list that you've somehow protected it put it some way place where people aren't likely to look for it better yet don't carry a physical list with you access it in some way online or or keep it someplace that it's you know that it can't be physically found but it's amazing when when we travel how many times we just forget about little things there's one on here too that i didn't really talk about about your phone and about how easy it is if you're walking along and you're not paying attention and you're holding your phone out in front of you, how easy it is for someone just to literally grab that phone and take off. Um, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but still, it, it's, you know, keep in mind that when you're when you're walking around with a phone in your hand, it's a valuable instrument and you don't want to lose it. So there you go. Well, all right. Uh, looks like we're going to have an extra 30 seconds here, Mark. We're going to break at 30.30, so we got an extra 40 seconds before we we take our break for the news. want to remind folks that after the news break, uh, we're going to take a few minutes and visit with, uh, with Tracy. Tracy's with the Nevada Tourism Association, and boy, I, you know, I used to think I knew a lot about places to go and things to do in uh, in Nevada, but boy, her list is amazing. It is. It's very impressive. And then you're going to talk, we're going to turn the tables a little bit. Yes, we are. Stay tuned for table turning. <laughs> That's after the 345 break. Keep it here. We are the Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, links to our special guests can always be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Thank you, Tom. Our guest today joining us from Nevada is Tracy Barthouse. She is uh, with in public relations with Travel Nevada. And we have a list of some really cool places and things that you can do in Nevada that we're going to talk a little bit about. But, Tracy, the story of the day is, my goodness, we got we waited all this time for snow and it all showed up at the same time. You're so right. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, a record-breaking amount of snowfall in the Lake Tahoe area in the month of December, 193 inches, which is just astronomical, blows the last record out by you know, 40-something years. Well, and as somebody who was stuck in that for a number of days uh, during this past week um, and then had to make their way home through it, um, an 11-hour day from Reno to Tahoe and then stay overnight, and then yesterday about, uh, or Friday about uh, Thursday, about six hours to get home. But anyways, um, there were lots of people heading up, 
and there is lots of snow up there. And just one thing I just want to caution people is that watching the number of people heading up the road yesterday and knowing parking lots that are full of snow and how hard it is to get around and stuff like that, um, there's a reasonable amount of snow in downtown state line. So, And if you are anywhere in a higher elevation that's not in one of those places, you are going to find a tremendous amount of snow has fallen. So if you're going up into the mountains, be prepared that um, going is slow and getting around is is tough because there has been so much snow. So if you decide to make that road trip or take the kids up to see the snow or the grandkids or whatever it is you're going to do, maybe you have a reservation um, up there next week. You know, we're past the holiday now, so it, it it the holiday season per se. So things should lighten up a little bit. And Tracy, you have some excellent ideas of places that people could go and things they could see in Nevada. And I confess that some of the things on the list are even things that I have never heard of before. Oh, that's what we love to do. We love to, you know, give ideas of places to see and do, especially for our neighbors in California who often come over to Nevada and might not know all the great things that we have to do beyond our big cities of Las Vegas and Reno. There's certainly something, you know, throughout the entire state for people to see and experience when they come over. Well, let's talk briefly about a few of them. And then, like I said, there is the entire list can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. And there really is some great variety here. Um, Number one, of course, is Lake Tahoe. And you talk a little bit about hiking up at Tahoe. Yeah, you know, when maybe it's not covered in snow, unless you want to do some snowshoeing, hiking, you know, hiking up in Lake Tahoe is absolutely beautiful. But, you know, this time of year, of course, snowshoeing, like I mentioned, is a big big, um, activity up there. There are a lot of outfitters where you could rent snowshoes if you don't have them. And um, hike some of those trails. There's one called Chickadee Ridge that has a lot of, um, you know, the mountain birds that are just kind of chirping up there. It's very beautiful, overlooks the lake, and is just something great to do. Um, And if you mentioned bringing the kids up to Tahoe, too, there's some great sledding areas in that same general area of Chickadee Ridge that um, really provides some great hills for sledding. So once you said the roads start to clear up a little bit better and things look better um, driving-wise, definitely something to put on the list. Now, the, the next one on the list is it involves ghost towns, and this is something that uh, Sports Leisure Vacations has offered, a ghost town tour of Nevada. I'm about to put together another one. There's a variety of really cool places there, and um, if, if you're a person who has a little bit of an open mind in terms of the extraterrestrial and, and the possibility <laughs> that people who are not still on the planet could be communicating with us in some way, um, you'll probably find it really cool. Um, I'm a big fan of Good Springs. Um, tell us quickly a couple of other places that would be great ghost town spots in Nevada. Yeah, you know, there are more ghost towns in Nevada than there are actual incorporated towns. My favorite is Rhyolite. It's just outside um, the town of Beatty. It probably has some of the best preserved, you know, structures that you'll find in the state. It's located right um, close to the entrance to Death Valley National Park, too. So it's an easy trip that you could make. Um, You mentioned Good Springs. Good Springs is also one of my favorites. You know, it's you feel like you've stepped back into that old Wild West um, kind of time back there. So that's definitely another one that's high on my list. Yeah, the Pioneer Saloon there is a is a real throwback. And the great things about Good Springs is that it's a you know it's a night and evening trip out of Las Vegas. So if you're staying in Las Vegas uh, and there's a company that operates um, uh, trips out to Good Springs and you go out in the evening, have dinner, uh, do a little ghost hunting, it's really fabulous if you have any kind of an open mind at all. Okay, so another um, related kind of thing here is a stargazing at a, in an international dark sky sanctuary. Explain that if you can for a minute. 
Yeah, so outside of Reno and Las Vegas, Nevada's pretty remote. So what that means is you can see the stars really, really well without the need for a telescope. So there are lots of places in Nevada that have been designated international dark sky places. One of those being Great Basin National Park, which is on the border of Nevada and Utah. Um, it, they, over the pandemic, they built a 250-seat um, capacity amphitheater, and they lead workshops and dark sky rangers do um, educational opportunities for kids. It's just a really great place to go and see the dark skies, and it's unlike anything you'll see anywhere else. It's absolutely breathtaking and beautiful. And so part of this whole journey could be a road trip on the extraterrestrial highway. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. So we, Nevada, is home to Area 51. So with that, you know, of course, you can't go into Area 51. It is highly secured military installation. But we, people are intrigued by that area. So Travel Nevada, we created a road trip that's called the Extraterrestrial Highway and kind of highlight some of those places along that road that you can stop and kind of get alien souvenirs or, you know, maybe talk to some people who have spotted things out in the desert. It's just a great um, road trip to um, to do and um, definitely high on our list. We have 10 road trips in total. This is probably one of our most popular ones. You know, the, the uh, what is it, the International Car Forest in, in itself looks like something that the aliens might have come up with. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, all, you know. Does it, Tom? Does it does it strike you as we go over this list, Tom? That that travel in Nevada is it could be a little different than travel to other places, which to me is a huge draw. Oh yeah, because I'm you know I'm a tour operator, so I'm into the odd and the off the beaten track. And anybody who knows me knows that odd doesn't begin to describe it. But um, this whole list is filled with you know embrace your inner oddball at a weird Nevada wonder. You know, you're talking about the International Car Forest and some of the other stuff that's on here. So if you're somebody who if you think that you have seen everything, particularly in the West, um, that the West has to offer, I have big news for you. Nevada has an incredible variety of stuff that you never even thought of going to see, let alone have been there. So I, I really I really strongly recommend if you are if you are one of those off the beaten track travelers, this is one of the best lists that I've found in a long time. So, Tracy, congratulations to you and the staff at uh, Nevada um, Tourism who have uh, put together this list because it really is a cool and I'm sure you could have put 100 things on here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but but there are this is really a lot of variety. Is there any before we go? Is there anything that you would like to, to share from the list or just something that you would like to share with our travelers or anything like that? Yeah, you know, we do. Speaking of the weird, the weird and unusual oddball attractions and things to do, we have a whole category on our website of TravelNevada.com that is Weird Nevada. So it highlights some of those oddball attractions. Um, you know, we're we're really proud of those and you know, some of the unusual things that you can see in the state, like the International Car Forest, which to your listeners who have maybe never heard of it, there are you know, cars and buses and other vehicles that are planted into the desert that have been graffitied with, you know, artists who come in, you know, lay their, lay their art on the cars. It's, it's pretty cool to see and is one of those weird Nevada attractions. And there, that's just one of many that can be found throughout the state. And Mark, do you, uh, can you, can, could you handle it? Could you handle an overnighter at the clown motel? I don't know if I could do that. Um, the Clown Motel, of course, is in, in Tonopah, and I'm a huge fan of the Mizpah, which is, you know, just across the street and down a couple blocks. I, I, 
I, I, you know what? I would stay at the Clown Motel, but I wouldn't do it alone. Because, I, you know, because of my personal experiences, um, I'm sort of perhaps a believer that people who are not with us anymore may have a way of communicating with us. Come back, come back as clowns. <laughs> well, I don't know. But, I mean, it, it, people, people who have... The Clown Motel, by the way, if you're listening, in Tonopah is is absolutely one of the most renowned places for mm-hmm. being, you know, weird. Yeah. Um. I mean, just it's a weird place yeah. to start with, but um. But definitely, if you're into weird places, that's the that's the sort of thing that Tom is is referring to. And there there are these kinds of things all over Nevada, in the big towns, in the little towns, in the off and beat off the beaten track. There's this really cool courthouse in Belmont, Nevada that these small group of people are lovingly restoring. And you get there and you go, How in the hell could this be out here in the middle of nowhere? And well the answer was there was a town there once and and a mining town and supported all this stuff. But, Tracy, this is really a great list. I hope that we can – we're going to post it at TravelGuysRadio.com if you want to see some – want to discover. And you know what? Even if you're not traveling, this is just a great read. Um, it's, just a, it's just a fun read. You guys have done a great job putting this together. And I hope that you will come back and talk to us again and tell us about some of the other really cool places to see – um, in Nevada, I'd, I'd love to talk about, you know, oddities around Reno and Lake Tahoe and, and uh, Las Vegas and some of the places that people frequently visit from Sacramento. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. We have barely begun to scratch the surface of all the cool things to see in Nevada. So I'd, I'd love to come back. Thank you for the invitation. Tracy Barnhouse, uh, Public Relations from Travel Nevada, with uh, helping us outline some great ideas. I hope you'll go to the website and take a look at that list because um, it's a cool list. And I've been tra- doing this for a long time. So when I tell you it's a cool list, I, I wouldn't make that up. Anyways, thank you, Tracy, for your time today. And we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Great. Thank you so much. Mark, you've traveled a lot of off-the-beaten-path places. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know any that has as much weirdness and strange things to to see and look at and visit uh, compared to Nevada? Or, or is that kind of the, the trend all the way across Route 66? Well, yeah, but Nevada has Nevada not only has the interesting, let's call it interesting places, but they have the interesting people to go with them. So that's... I think a huge plus, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about strange people. I'm talking about people who are interesting to meet and talk to, and learn right. a little bit about where they live and why it's different from where you live and, and stuff like that. So yeah, no, I, Nevada is, Nevada is a cool place to travel. If 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 I mean, let's face it, they got big palaces, and they got you know ghost towns. So they've kind of got both ends of the spectrum there, and not a whole lot in the middle. Anyways, there you go. Well, you know, speaking about Nevada and having a lot of stuff that uh-huh. and time Nevada on your hands, just, <laughs> in Nevada just got themselves a lot of a lot of a lot of snow. And Mark, uh-huh. uh, we're going to visit with Mark here right after a short time out and talk about uh, taking a group of travelers on a, uh, a three day Christmas trip up to Reno. And uh, well, we'll 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 save it. That's coming up next here on the Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for uh, coming along. 
Hope you've had a wonderful new year. I, it's hard to believe that this is the very first show of 2022. And here we go again, huh? Didn't we just turn the century like 20 minutes ago? Yeah, it sure feels like it. Yeah, yeah. that's 22 years ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. A week ago, yeah. it was Christmas, and uh, Mark, uh, he had to, this, was it a week ago or two weeks ago? Week well, ago? It's, well, it was a week and a half ago, actually. We week left and a half on ago. A, yeah, it was Sports, on... leisure, sports yeah. leisure put together. Uh, it wasn't a mystery trip, thank God, uh, to, to take a group of folks to, uh, to Reno. Yep, on uh, the train. Yeah, you took the, which train is it, the Amtrak? The Amtrak, yep, yep. Amtrak snow train. How long did it take you to get there? Well, uh, it's supposed to take on Amtrak about four hours and a half, maybe, to Reno. Yeah, and, and it was snowing. That was a Thursday, so it, it, the weather had already started. It was to... the 23rd, so it had already started yeah. to marginally deteriorate, and probably uh, a harbinger of things to come was when we were stuck on the tracks for a couple hours and Amtrak said, you know, we've got to go up and clear the tracks and make sure there's no avalanche danger and all that kind of jazz. So we were mm-hmm. we were a couple hours late getting into Reno, but, you know, 6 o'clock instead of 4 o'clock. And so we, you know, hustled off to a dinner that we had planned and, and stuff like that. But uh, the next day we were supposed to go up to Virginia City. So knowing that Virginia City is eh, a 1,000 feet higher than Reno, and when you get up to that elevation, you know, 1,000 feet makes a lot of difference. That can be the difference between a lot of snow and no snow at all um, or very little snow. So Virginia City, the forecast was really bad. And the roads going in and out of Virginia City um, from Reno are not the best. Um, so we decided that, you know, we're going to get up there. The sidewalks are going to be covered. The wooden sidewalks are going to be covered with snow. It's going to be hard for people to get around and enjoy Virginia City on any level. Um, the people that we had to speak to us were going to have a hard time getting into town. So we just said, you know, all right, we'll scratch Virginia City. We'll go to the car museum, do a couple of other things here in, uh, in Reno and be a little bit safer. And Christmas Eve, we'll go to bed and we get up in the morning on Christmas Day and we'll go have our Christmas brunch, and we'll go home. Huh. <laughs> at least that was the plan. Uh, we got up and had a wonderful Christmas brunch at the Atlantis. Um, great meal. I think it was $55 plus plus, so about 65 70 bucks. But it was an excellent meal, and we had a great time, and we turned around and went back to our hotel in downtown Reno um, to the Silver Legacy where we had stayed because of the fact that both 80 and 50 were closed, and 70 was closed. There was literally no way on Christmas morning to get home. Our plan was to be home early Christmas afternoon. So we we didn't make it. We went back to the Silver Legacy and holed up there. And time marches on. What's the toughest part of trying to make decisions for 25 to 30 people uh, by the seat of your pants? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to plan it out for a three-day trip, but then when things change, I mean, how do you do that? Well, uh, Clayton Whitehead, who works with me, uh, one time had a group in Chicago at O'Hare Airport. And this was before this, been many years ago, before the days that cell phones had become really uh, in use uh, with great popularity. And Clayton was calling from a cell phone bank, uh, from a payphone bank. 
in a place where all of his travelers could kind of see that he was calling someone on the phone. And he, he said to me, he said, look, you've got to tell me something. It doesn't matter what you tell me, but all these people are looking at me. And when I hang up the phone, they're going to expect some update from me. So whatever it tell you tell me, I don't care if it's the flavors of ice cream at your favorite ice cream stand here at O'Hare Airport, you've got to tell me something. Um, so it looks like that we're, that we're moving forward. It's always... You know, when you're the person to make the decision for a bunch of other people, doesn't matter whether you're, you know, a family traveling together or a tour group. Um, some somebody's always going to believe that that was a great decision, and somebody's always going to believe that it was not a great decision. We decided in Reno, uh, we had the we had rooms at the Silver Legacy, and there was no reason to give those rooms up. So on the first day after we stayed, we said, well, you know, check with us about 11 o'clock in the morning. We'll try to make a decision of whether or not we're going to go home. Well, the roads were still not open, either 50 or 80 on the 26th, so we couldn't come home. So we said, all right, we'll stay here another night. And tomorrow, you know, it's starting to get old at that point. And tomorrow, uh, we'll make a run for the border. If, if 50 opens up, we'll take a go that way. And now also you have to consider the fact that People, when they're traveling, you know, a lot of folks who are taking medications or something like that, a lot of folks are smart enough to carry a couple, three days extra medicine with them, but maybe not an extra weeks. Yeah. So as your stay starts to get drawn out a little bit, you get more and more people who get into a situation where something, this wouldn't have been a problem for them, but now it is. Yes. And so then we started home for Tahoe on the 27th uh, by coach. We were on the road for about 10 and a half to 11 hours, and which maxed out our driver's ability to drive nonstop. Never got off the coach um, because we have a restroom, of course, on board. We went, uh, what was it, something, 50-something miles between uh, Reno and Tahoe and decided to stay in Tahoe for the night because literally there were there, – with only one road, this is what people forget, is that, well, this road's closed, we'll go the other way. Well, everybody else is going that way too. So 80 closes and 70 closes, and now everybody, the whole party is on 50. And 50 is a two-lane road, so it's not going to be able to accommodate all of those people. And just getting from Tahoe to Reno turned out to be an all-day affair. And so we stayed at the, the Mont Bleu in, in uh, Tahoe for another night and came home three days late was, on the 28th. Was that difficult to arrange a, a hotel in Tahoe in such, such short notice? Well, um, we have kind of a crisis management plan here at Sports Leisure. So if one of our groups is on the road and they run into a situation like this, like I called my office and said, look, you know, I don't think it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and it's saying two hours to Tahoe and our driver's going to be out of hours. I think we need to, to talk about spending the night in Lake Tahoe. So immediately I have a team of people who go into motion and start working with contacts in Lake Tahoe to find out where rooms might be. And, you know, we got goosed. We paid Two hundred and something dollars at the at the Mont Blue, which is a nice hotel. It's not as nice as the Silver Legacy in Reno, um, but it's a nice hotel, and we were safe and warm and dry, and we had places to eat, and you know you could gamble if you wanted to, so you had some things to do. Um, so that worked out well. But it's you know that's when you're when you're buying a pa package travel, one of the things that you're paying for is if something goes wrong, that they will have a plan B. So in this case calling the sports leisure office and saying, hey, go to work on plan B. And within an hour or so, they said, all right, here are your options. Here's what you can do. You know, you can go back to Carson City. Um, you can go forward to Tahoe and do this. And so that was what we we ultimately decided to go forward to Tahoe. But um, a little tougher for people to make a plan B when you're in the car and trying to travel. 
So, you know, when you're when you're pay a little extra for for somebody to make the arrangements, then that should be your expectation that if the going gets tough, the tough will get going. For those that take a, a trip like this with either your uh, company or somebody else and you have these extra nights because you bought a package that covered certain nights mm-hmm. and now you've got extra overnighters who foots the bill for the overnighters the travelers the, the travelers do um we make the arrangements and we do the very best to get the very best price that we can and something that everybody can live with but the travelers pay for you know when you're when you're delayed past the time that you expect to get home your travelers will take care of you wow what an experience for you and your folks yeah did they did did, did everybody uh was, was uh Pretty glad to be home. <laughs> I had a really great p- group of people, by and large, and they were incredibly understanding and really easy to work with, and they made my life really easy. So that was a big help. All right. Well, look, we're heading down uh, the final uh, the final road here, uh, the Travel Guys Travel Road. Uh, and so uh, we'll be back next week, 3 to 4. Don't forget, TravelGuysRadio.com. You can get our podcast right there, too, you if you miss it. some of the show. And right. remember to dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next Sunday at 3 o'clock. Stay well, my friends. See you next time.